This episode of the New Stack at Scale is sponsored by GitLab. GitLab is a single application for the entire software development lifecycle. From the project planning and source code management to CICD, monitoring, and security, GitLab helps enterprises deliver software to market at new speeds. We've seen it time and again. Open source has the power to quickly bring about accepted standards in the market. Brands with proprietary technology once dominated. Linux, Docker, Kubernetes. Open source projects have reached benefits for developers who vote with their code contributions and user stars, more so than corporate spend in top-down management. An area of technology that really needs a standard is continuous delivery. Historically, developers and IT teams have long built their own software delivery pipelines. They've used tools that they build themselves and shared with each other. But those new standards for container technology and Kubernetes have sped the delivery process while at the same time making it much more complex. This is Alex Williams, founder and publisher of The New Stack. My co-host is Priyanka Sharma, director of alliances at GitLab. In this episode of the At Scale podcast, we are going to explore how the new Continuous Delivery Foundation, or CDF, may be the next big area of open source to affect at scale application development. Priyanka Sharma, she attended the Open Source Leadership Summit in March when I was there, and we talked with founding members of the CD Foundation to get their perspective. We talked with leaders and luminaries in the open source community from companies including CloudBees, GitLab, Google, JFrog, and Lyft. What are the application delivery problems they wish to solve for developers? And how do they plan to go about it? The only standard we have right now is what's dominant in the marketplace. But what happens when the dominant system to be disrupted is itself created from open source? Can this same process of bringing about open source standards come to bear in a considerably more messy market? Messy because there's just more players. There's more ways to do it. The scope of the problem, bringing a standard to continuous delivery for developers and engineers is difficult at best. So what you can really do is only turn to the existing leaders in CD who at the same time are competing with each other. Now is the time for all of the disparate players in the CICD space to come together and give developers a CD pipeline that just works. Now, let's go back again and you think about, well, who are some of those emerging players that have started to really have a significant greater voice? And CloudBees is definitely one. CloudBees is emerging as a smaller player in comparison to the big cloud providers. But its focus on continuous delivery has earned it a real place in the market with Jenkins and Jenkins X. Then you have Google and Tectonic coming from that pure Kubernetes approach, coming from continuous delivery all the way up you know, into environments such as Google Cloud Run. You have Netflix with Spitaker. So these are the organizations that are at force here. They are the ones who will define continuous delivery as it comes out of the foundation. They will set the primitives. Who will contribute is another question. So that's really what's driving the Linux Foundation's formation of the Continuous Delivery Foundation. When we talked to him at the Open Source Leadership Summit, 
Matt Klein, creator of the Envoy Proxy and an engineer at Lyft, expressed some reservations about the formation of yet another foundation for cloud-native technologies, the primary being the Cloud-Native Computing Foundation, also known as the CNCF. Priyanka and I started by asking Klein to explain the problem with the abundance of options in open source tooling for delivering cloud-native applications right now. I, I think there's a lot of confusion out What's there the right confusion now. What's the confusion in particular? Like one example. I think there are many different categories of technology, whether that be uh, load balancing or INCD, and we have 20, 30 projects in some of these categories. It's very hard for the end user to understand how some of these things fit together. Right. So all I was going to say is that I think we already have this problem in the CNCF of helping end users understand what are the right technologies to use for their use case. My fear is that by starting yet another foundation, which is so closely related. Because of the similarities. Yeah, just because there's a ton of overlap. Like we were saying, I don't think you can build a cloud-native architecture without CI and CD. So now we have uh, some critical interlocking technology that's spanning a couple of different foundations. And that's not broken in and of itself, but I think that we'll need to be careful uh, to avoid confusing users. Yeah, I actually 100% agree with you. Um, so GitLab, we, as you know, are we help, we have so many enterprises using us, over 100,000, and it's our goal to help them navigate this the cloud-native ecosystem. And CICD has been the tool through which this happens. And that's actually why we've taken an interest in the CDF, because we want to provide our perspective and knowledge to hopefully steer the discussions in a way that's productive. And what would be a more clear picture, you know, in the market that would, you know, for instance, kind of in your own experiences and other developers who you talk to, other software engineers who are kind of facing all these types of issues? That's a that's a good question. It's a tough one to answer. So I, I think right now, at least from my perception, if you look around at different end users, they understand that they might need an API gateway or a container scheduler or a CI system or et cetera. Uh, I think where it starts to break down is that a lot of these open source solutions they're either by themselves, they're hard to configure. Uh, and I don't think we have good answers there because you have this uh, constant tension of creating open source technologies that are extensible, that people can use in different vertical solutions, but then that means that those projects have a lot of configuration options that may not be very plug and play. And then you have higher layer systems like GitLab or any of the any number of other vendors. So it, it, it's just, there, there's no great answer to that question because I think that we're always gonna be having this tension of if you are an advanced user, you can cobble together open source technologies and make it work for you. Or I tell most people to start looking towards, you know, different vendor solutions who can bring that technology together into a more co coherent picture. But that's the reality. That's how people can get started. You can't, like, as you said, it takes a very advanced user to yep. cobble together a bunch of open source uh, libraries and make it work. And they, it shouldn't be the goal. Like, it shouldn't be that I get a gold star because I managed it. It should be just like, let's get things going and move on and then improve as you go. Well, yeah, and you know, from the from the project perspective too, it, it can be difficult because projects like like Envoy, on one hand, you're uh, trying to add reasonable configuration options for you know the tens or hundreds of different users that might want to build different things, and on the other side, we're being told by end users that it's too complicated and we should right. and we should get rid of configuration options so that there's less right. options, and, and it actually is impossible to satisfy both of those constituents.
We took Matt Klein's question, why create another foundation? We took it directly to Chris Anasek from the CNCF. Why not just add a new CD project to the existing, to the existing CNCF? Why do you need this whole other thing? The answer revealed an ambitious plan for cloud-native technologies as a whole. CD users aren't necessarily deploying to the cloud, he said. They're deploying to a range of environments. The goal isn't to make it easier to deliver software to the cloud, but to bring the cloud-native experience, the automation, the fast delivery, the DevOps ethos to all environments, on-premises, bare metal, virtual machines, you name it. Kit Merker, Vice President of Business Development at JFrog, said the goal is to make code flow through all environments like water. Kit is a member of the Cloud Native Computing Foundation Governing Board, along with Priyanka. JFrog, and as Kit said to me, a frog only jumps forward. JFrog is also a founding member of the CDF. We talked to him at the Open Source Leadership Summit, quite an event, who told us that JFrog's recent acquisition of Shippable makes him more of a competitor in the CI CD space at the same time the company has joined the CD Foundation to collaborate with those competitors. And Shippable speaks to it, the history of Docker and Docker containers. Shippable had a lot of promise. And I remember talking with Avi Cavalli and interviewing him. And they had, been, had, they had originally been building their platform on top of LXC, and then Docker came along. Brilliant guy. And those are times that we uh, remember well, but I'll stop there for now. So you guys just acquired Shippable, a company right. that actually was one of the original sponsors of the new stack. What does that say then to you about your own story about continuous delivery, the, the story that JFrog has been telling a lot about has been about binaries and how, yeah. you know, and like the importance of those binaries. It's kind of all coming together. You know, like you said, we acquired Shippable. Shippable was one of our great partners in the Kubernetes ecosystem back in the day, um, completely cloud native based CICD company and a great fit for us. Um, we talk about a vision at JFrog. We've tried to clarify this for people of liquid software. Okay, what we talk about is liquid software. And liquid software to us means that you should be able to kind of turn on the tap and the water should appear. And you think about all the infrastructure and the pipes that go between getting raw water to the, the, um, the faucet, we see the same kind of analogy with software. You have the software that's coming from the wild, whether that's open source or binaries or, or other components, coming together through a flow that then results in delivering that software, whether it goes to a cloud, to a device, to a mobile, uh, a mobile uh, a phone. That software comes from the hands of developers to production and needs to do it fast and needs to do it with quality. The idea is that let's focus on the CICD pipelines, standardization there, and then what happens when something is in production. Like Because there's a whole lot of post-production uh, tooling that's out there, especially in this Kubernetes landscape, and this foundation is bringing like a greater lens, like sort of focused lens on that piece of the software development and operations lifecycle. We joined the CDF with that perspective, so we're hoping to help help with our experience and just uh, pave the way so that the end users can benefit, and that's the main goal. So, Kit, what's your take on the CDF? Yeah, thank you. So, it, with, yeah, that's fine. With, with, uh, with JFrog, you know, Artifactory and our other products, X-Ray and these other things, they've all been part of the continuous delivery flow, like I was talking about before, that liquid software flow from compile to production. And really, if you think about it, the asset uh, in the software business is about getting the right binaries to production, the right uh, artifact, whether those are compiled or, or just uh, software artifacts. Um, so when we looked at the CDF and we got invited to join, we thought that it would make a lot of sense for us. We've been working with the Jenkins community for a long time. Um, we work closely with Google, who was working on the Knative project and um, uh, Tecton. 
And so, you know, we saw that supporting this was something really important to us. Now, you know, at the same time, we were also getting more into the space with our uh, investment in, in Shippable. Um, and we're, we're hoping to continue building technology in open source and in our products that helps people get their software uh, to production uh, with quality. So I'm, we're really excited by what's going on with the CDF today. Um, the Linux Foundation, I think, has done a great job in building these community spaces for, um, for open source projects that covers everything from, you know, making sure these vendors that, you know, uh, can maybe compete in some cases, can collaborate in a very safe way. Um, and uh, it's really amazing to have that kind of environment for, for collaboration um, to support, in a way, the open source developers that are making all this value for end customers, um, <clears throat> giving them the support they need. In essence, these companies are coming together to learn more about their competitors' customers to help improve their own product offerings. But perhaps the biggest participant in the CD Foundation from the standpoint of the sheer ability to sway large markets is Google. Google's open-source project Tekton originated as the framework for software delivery on top of its Kubernetes-based serverless platform, Knative, another open-source project led by Google. The Google team is hoping it can now help lay the groundwork for continuous delivery pipelines across all types of infrastructure, a key element of the Google strategy. Priyanka and I talked with Dan Lorenk, a software engineer at Google Cloud Platform, about where they see a standard emerging through the CD Foundation. What is Tekton? And perhaps you can then just kind of provide some context for it. Sure. Uh, so Tekton is an open source project. Uh, we announced today that we're donating it as part of the new Continuous Delivery Foundation. Uh, but Tekton is about uh, setting up a set of shared uh, best practices, specifications, and APIs for expressing continuous delivery systems um, on top of Kubernetes. Um, so the idea is that we want to move the control plane of continuous integration and delivery to Kubernetes, but still support building artifacts uh, that run anywhere. So whether it's you know, Internet of Things, mobile, um, old VMs, uh, you know, physical hardware, um, we want to be orchestrating that stuff from Kubernetes, but deploying it everywhere. So when you're saying that about making it almost like its own control plane, is that what you're saying? Um, sort of, yeah. So today uh, we talked to tons of customers that are starting their kind of migration to the cloud, migration to Kubernetes. I mean, most of them already have some kind of setup for automating their deployments. Um, they're almost all using Jenkins or something like that today, where it's running on some box that a developer has set up and is usually left running under their desk somewhere or in a closet. Um, and that's how they deploy all their applications today. So they don't really want to change that. And so we're going to take that control plane, instead of running it on a you know, Mac mini or little machine under somebody's work, desk at work, um, that's going to be moved up to the cloud, moved up to Kubernetes. But we still have to support deploying to all of those other legacy targets that people are dealing with. So that's kind of where then the kind of the 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 cooperation comes in, right? Where you're working with other uh, with other vendors. Exactly. So how does a vendor like CloudBees fit into that? Great question. So the continuous delivery space is huge. Um, people deploying all software everywhere um, have to worry about deployment and deployment automation. Um, so we can't solve this alone, and we can't solve this just for Kubernetes. So we need to work with vendors from all over, um, like CloudBees. They have some of the most expertise out there for building these complex deployment setups that deploy to any target all over the world. Mm -hmm. And then what about a, like what about like a you know like there's you know the companies like GitLab too. Like like where does GitLab fit in? Um, yeah, GitLab is another great example. Um, they have a full suite from source code management all the way through um, an artifact storage system, um, and then a, a product that can actually orchestrate deployments to Kubernetes today. 
Um, so starting to work with them, um, standardize on these building blocks, you know, the way people express these pipelines, the way these artifacts get stored so that we can build out uh, more secure, more repeatable solutions um, as people migrate to the cloud. More secure, more repeatable solutions as people migrate to the cloud. And through that, you're developing this network of APIs, essentially, that provide what? What are some of the APIs that are provided? Sure, great question. Uh, we talked to a ton of customers about how they get their software from, you know, how does a developer build, test, and debug locally, all the way through to getting it running in production. Call this like the life of a commit. You go to all these companies, and they all show us what they're doing, and they all think that they're kind of special snowflakes here, and they've got this crazy setup that nobody else has, and they're the only ones doing something like this. But if you start to stand back a little bit and squint, you know, nobody here is really that special. Um, the stuff they're doing is kind of similar. Um, there's always a few tweaks here and there. Somebody might store their source code in a slightly different format, or somebody mm -hmm. might require more operators to review the code before it gets applied to production. Um, but kind of stepping back a little bit and settling on... You know, some common you know, verbs and nouns that we can start to use first to describe all of these things. If we have a common language to explain you know, this life of a commit, um, then we can start to build up specifications and descriptions for all of those. So if we all describe those kind of software delivery pipelines the same way, um, then we can get portability across all of these systems. Ah, so the portability question. So what does it take to then build those APIs? What are you doing? Like, tell me about kind of the process. You know, how are you... How are you going to start organizing that? Are you are you are you acting as maintainer yourself? Um, yeah, so I'm a maintainer and technical lead myself. Um, and honestly, the biggest the building these APIs is the easy part. The hard part is naming and getting everybody to agree on all of this. Mm -hmm. um, there's that old joke that naming is one of the hardest problems in software engineering, and it's really true. Um, we did a big evaluation of all of the you know cloud native CI systems out there today. Um, GitLab is one of them. Jenkins has a few. And taking the nouns and verbs they use to describe each part of it, just from reading their documentation, um, and it's kind of a mess. People use uh, the word, you know, workflow interchangeably with pipeline, and some people use those to mean completely different things. Um, and so it's incredibly confusing to users as they try to reason about these systems, um, and it's even more confusing to maintainers. What are the issues that are surfacing without this fix? Because when I first started covering the CNCF, it was back in when it was announced, and then I remember one of the first open source. Some of us, they had the first technical oversight committee and um, Solomon Hikes was in there and, you know, Alexis Richardson and real interesting group of people. And, and there came up, the, the continuous delivery came up as a, as a topic of discussion. They're like, well, no, I don't think we need to, we don't really need to think about one CD because, you know, environment, because people will all use different ones, right? So, you know, that's me just kind of like, resonates in my mind is like I'm thinking through kind of what we're where we are today and like well why 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 do you need to do this then if everyone just is using their own CD yeah so um continuous delivery is definitely not a one-size-fits-all solution out there um yeah. people have all sorts of different tastes and different compliance requirements right something <clears> that a bank uses to push something to their you know, production instances hopefully a lot more secure and audited than you know something a startup might be using just to deploy uh, a pre-alpha app that nobody's actually using yet people want to move faster or slower um, depending on the different life cycle they're at the big goal here though is that if we can get kind of these building blocks in place it'll be a lot easier for people to build these opinionated CI/CD systems on top of them so that everybody can get or put together the one they need. Um, this kind of comes up a lot in the Kubernetes space too. People mistake Kubernetes a lot for a pass, a platform as a service, mm -hmm. because it has a lot of the same kind of building blocks, but they're often left disappointed because it leaves a lot still to be put together. Um, people describe Kubernetes more as a kit for building a pass rather than a pass itself. And that's kind of where we're hoping to go with Tecton as well. People what is hard about it though? What is hard about with CD? 
Yeah, the hard part is just because uh, how it's not it's not hard. It's just complex, um, and these are complex business requirements that uh, people have to deal with in CD. Trying to figure out if you're compliant with all of the different auditory regulations. Trying to figure out if your operational best practices that uh, have been set up by your SRE team are actually being met by your delivery pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, these aren't technical challenges. These are organizational legal challenges that you have to make sure that your software delivery pipeline meets. Um, today, most of this lives as bash scripts somewhere, which are very hard to, they're not declarative, they're very hard to figure out what they do, and they're very hard to understand. So elevating that up to be a set of declarative primitives, <sighs> it's a lot easier to understand how they fit together um, if you're actually following these best practices. So that's when the nouns, for example, come become very instrumental in understanding how do you actually describe this? Exactly. Ideally, you can take a look at one of these tecton pipeline definitions and tell that the source code came from this repository. It was reviewed by at least three developers, and that was built using this build tool, which was also audited, um, and resulted in this artifact. There was no chance for somebody to go rogue and insert something in the middle. Um, You know exactly where the source code is coming from and where it's going. You know exactly where the source code is coming from. Okay. You shouldn't have to read a very long bash script to figure that out. So, um, you know, when the CNCF first started and Kubernetes was being first discussed, there was a lot of confusion out there because people, I think, were just trying to figure out, what, well, what do you mean you're building out these primitives, first of all? So what have you learned? Like, what have you guys learned from that? And, like, what are you thinking of that learning when you're going into building out this CD, uh, you know, pipe, pipeline, workflow, you know, whatever you, whatever you guys are, however you are describing it? Um, yeah, we learned a lot of lessons from Kubernetes. Um, the first one is probably just that you know working code wins. Uh, when Kubernetes was first released, it, it was a working system that people could set up. It wasn't the easiest to use. It still isn't. We have a long way to go. But it did solve a few problems for a few people. We can't just start in the abstract with white papers and API definitions. We have to get something out there working and iterate from there. Getting working code. This will be the CD Foundation's first big challenge. Those big players we mentioned, CloudBees, Google, and Netflix, have to get it together with the rest of the CD Foundation members and figure it out. What are we going to work on first? What is the goal? And how are we going to get there? Heading up those conversations is Kim Lewandowski, a Google product manager who works with Dan on the cloud team. Her job is to bring Tekton to market, advocating internally at Google to bring their engineers on board to work on the project, which is now housed at the CD Foundation. Here's how Kim describes a job she has now been tasked with. What is that classical product manager, and how does it fit into kind of a a role in kind of managing an or, you know, managing a kind of a technology build as part of a foundation. And I'm curious on that kind of role that you have playing yeah. with the foundation in consideration and context, and how does that classical role play out for that? Is that different for you? Is it, is it an adaptation, is, or is it just a building? I mean, it is a little bit different, as this will be the first foundation that I've really been a part of. But um, the classical role of a product manager, especially at Google, is really just getting to know the customers and solving their customer problems. You know, we have amazing engineers that they just want to focus on the code and make sure that they're solving, like, like real problems that customers have. So just having, you know, PMs that go and, and talk to customers and then boil it down to, like, what are those core requirements for a product? How do we prioritize them? Why is something more important than something else? Um, 
And so, you know, I think the foundation is like the vision for Tecton, like we wouldn't be able to do this on our own. Like we need to do it in the open with more, with more collaborators um, as part of a broader community. This episode of The Scale Show is publishing in May, two months after the CD Foundation was announced. A lot can happen in two months, <laughs> in this market especially. We had the Google Cloud event, which showed a renewed commitment to Kubernetes. At the time of publication, the Technical Advisory Board had just four members, but was holding elections to add three to four more. And the community was gearing up to hold its first Continuous Delivery Foundation Summit at Kubicon in Barcelona. That event will serve as a time for the governing board to meet to decide on the first major project, getting that working code in progress. But primarily, it will be a chance for all the participating companies to come together and listen to users describe in painful technical detail their CD pipelines, processes, pain points, and big dreams. It'll be a slow process. It's not for the faint of heart, for sure. You have to have some passion in this world to really get into this. There are a lot of people in these rooms who work for companies who have a big stake in all of what comes out of the CD Foundation. We don't know if these companies will come together. We don't know how well they're going to cooperate. And we don't know if they can come to an agreement about that and really develop a standard for software delivery that accelerates code and ultimately leads to the next big thing in tech. But if they can do that and they can create a standard for software delivery that accelerates code, that's a big one. And that's what we will continue to explore in our next episode of the new stack at scale. This episode was sponsored by GitLab. GitLab is a single application for the entire software development lifecycle. From the project planning and source code management to CICD monitoring and security, GitLab helps enterprises deliver software to market at new speeds. As always, thanks for listening, and please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcast feed.